You're listening to Talk Jive Radio. I'm Kelly. And I'm Thomas III. We are them damn Indians. Something disturbing. And anytime I see, um, of course, things about schools where I know kids attend is is always alarming to me. But El Reno, hello. Two El Reno wrestlers remain on the team after being convicted of sexual assault. Two-star wrestlers at El Reno High School remain on the team after being convicted of sexually assaulting another student in the training room. Three students were charged and convicted in the 2019 assault. However, few few details have been released because both the victim and attackers are underage. Sources told News 9 two students accepted plea deals while another took their case to juvenile court. The third student who is recent, the third student was recently convicted of sexual assault. Uh, News 9 asked El Reno Superintendent Craig McVeigh why the students, why the convicted students are allowed to still participate in student activities. No comment. Um, And he said the district attorney would have to answer any questions. I don't know who you were talking about, McVeigh said, referring to the student athletes still participating in school activities. He said the district is, quote, working closely with the district attorney and law enforcement, end quote. A report from the El Reno Police Department said officers were called to the school wrestling facility in May of last year for sexual assault. Once they arrived, police said a parent reported her juvenile son had been assaulted by two other students. After an investigation, officers determined a third student was involved. Two of the three convicted students have wrestled at several duels and tournaments throughout the season. Both have previously qualified for state tournaments. Their names are listed on team apparel and faces and accomplishments on team posters. The Oklahoma Secondary School Association handbook says, quote, hazing incidents have no place in the activity programs, end quote, and they encourage each member to develop school procedures to handle it. However, an OSSAA spokesman said each school is in charge of determining eligibility for their own students. District Attorney Mike Fields said strict laws protecting juveniles prohibits him from even confirming or denying the case. And and there's so much there, man. Like, should these laws protecting anonymity be gone whenever it pertains to sexual assaults, the way that it does with capital murder or, um, I don't know, some act of terrorism or something like that? Because we've seen we've seen plenty of underage criminals be named you know what i mean um once they're charged and they have all that you know what i mean they'll they'll say their names and all that but i think we have to consider who the assailants were i think that we need to consider if the school district feels like they need to protect those assailants which they obviously do um they have not made any moves to dissuade or deter these students in any way shape or form there has obviously been no kind of punishment especially since these wrestlers assaulted this person in the wrestling training room yeah clearly a programmatic issue and no comment really we have no comment, and and that's often the case with these well you know, and juveniles. Schools. Well, and and you're dealing with juveniles too. And like I said, you know, how much of that is the fault of the school? I mean, because you know, there's only so much that you can say. 
You know, you can't really identify these kids. So... It, it falls to the school to actually create a safe environment, a safe learning environment, and to put policies in place to protect all students. Here's the thing, too, is, you know, like we talked uh, to Dr. Stumbling Bear Riddle earlier about believing your children. And, you know, I think that a lot of times, you know, we, we do understand who the predators are. Sometimes we don't. Sometimes they're embedded in our schools. But that still becomes a school responsibility, a responsibility of the school to ensure that the people that they're hiring are, are you know, able to, to do their jobs and, and not sexual predators. But, ha I mean, what's the real answer here? I mean, what, what policies and procedures are in place? And what is that telling the, the survivor about coming forward, about the system, about justice. Yeah, I mean, it's not like it's not like the survivor is sitting there like, oh yeah, if this ever happens again, I'm definitely going to go tell somebody because this was taken care of the way that it should have been. That didn't obviously didn't happen, you know. Well, and we're talking about a male survivor that carries a lot, so much more to it. With some baggage in, in you know in society, not that not that that you know it means any more or less to a female survivor, but male survivors haven't haven't added have an additional trauma to that as far as society goes, and being less of a man and being you know, and especially having this happen at a young age, being assaulted like that at a young age, that's. This this person's entire view of everything is yeah, affected. Yeah, I mean that could be. I mean that could be the end of their love for that sport. You know what I mean? And the the end of the love for themselves. Yeah. You yeah, know, I mean, you can you can break a kid easily, and that I I just I don't understand. When school districts take this line of no comment, you would think that the school district would come out and say, we're doing everything that we can to make sure this never happens again. Mm -hmm. These students have been dealt with. They have been expelled or suspended or prohibited from uh, participating in any extracurricular activities while they're students here. I mean, there's all kinds of ways that it can be handled, not just well, no comment and everybody just gets to go on as normal. Hey, these guys are going to win a state championship for us. We can't have them sitting on the bench because they, you know, were roughhousing in the in the locker room. Yeah, I, I mean, if, if it gets to the point where sexual assault is is just roughhousing, you know, that's what we've been. That's where we've been at. Like these young men were convicted, convicted. It's not, there's no allegedly to this anymore. Yeah. This allegedly happened. No, no, no. It has been established now. These young men were convicted. And one of them went to court and was convicted and, you know. Yeah. So, 
And and so that leads me to ask, okay, so you were convicted of this. What was your punishment? What was your sentence? Yeah, I mean, obviously nothing too bad if they're still in school. Um, and not not just in school, but representing that school on posters and swag and well, it's the same all as, that. I mean, it's the same as and and I'm I'm thinking to me, this sounds like an indictment on El Reno's athletic department. Um, and people may not get this reference, but we talked a while back about the the principal that forced the girl to pray at El Reno. Well, come to find out that vice principal is the head coach of the basketball team <laughs> at El Reno. Wow. And so that story along with this story here um, leads me to believe that there's a lack of control in that athletic department. And, you know, it, it's that's a problem. Yeah, I think that parents really need to start asking for some answers after this. I mean, and even even the most involved parents. How do you how do you know what's going on when the school district is intentionally keeping this information from you? Would you have even known this happened if it didn't break on the news? No. You have a kid there. Yeah, and that's the thing like, you know, he didn't know. He said he said it's not he said I'm not surprised. He said those wrestlers are weird. But <laughs> besides that, I mean, he said he didn't know or anything. So, and, and I don't know, man. I just, it, it's, it's such a, a reflection not only on their athletic program, but just how it's shedding a light on the, the behavior and how these these athletic departments work across the state in and these high he, these high school levels. Yeah, I mean we and we know that there's been things covered up. I mean for years, whether it's out of the actual like from the players or whether it's the coaches or whether it's whatever whatever it is, you know somebody taking fundraiser money or I mean there's a lot of stuff that goes on that never gets talked about because it's better to just save face and let those people go on about their way without making a big fuss about it and everybody getting a black eye and tarnishing the image of the program and all all the rest of that coach speak bullshit that's gonna you know that they'll throw at you but just like I said, it's it's just really shocking that this school's this school district has has really brought a lot of negative attention on itself for not well that that forcing that girl to pray that's just nonsense and this um I, this is I I can't even I don't even I can't even find the words to it's so much worse. What what this is and allowing convicted sexual assailants to represent and be the face of your wrestling program. Yeah, I, I just I don't understand. 
So. Well, make you wonder what else has been covered up, you know? Oh, yeah. And, and how deep it goes. And how long the athletic director's been aware and how long the administration's been aware. No, the and... athletic director is the um, ex-basketball coach. He's the one that was the basketball coach before this basketball coach. Oh, great. So who knows? Um, I'm sure that there's a lot more to this story to be told. So we're definitely keeping an eye on this one, and we will keep you posted. Thanks so much for tuning in. We're Indigenous, we're Independent, and we are them damn Indians at Talk Jive Radio.